So um, thanks for being here, man. I yeah, appreciate not it. a problem. I, I'm, I'm in, excited to uh, start my first podcast. I know, right? So uh, this, so this is John Halata. This is uh, this is uh, our, our brand new middle school vice principal. Brand new. Effective uh, tomorrow. Effective tomorrow. I mean, I guess technically, technically the day is over. Welcome. Uh, I'm on duty. Welcome, Mr. <laughs> vice principal. Nice to have you here. Um, so before we before we actually figured out the microphone uh, situation, I was saying, um, so you're moving out of the classroom. Out, so, yes. And, and into administration. Good good job. Congratulations to you. Good good luck. Thank you. Um, yes, that's what everyone keeps saying. But when I went, when I moved out uh, from the classroom, I realized the most fascinating things. First off, I never wore a watch. Okay. Because what I need a watch for. You didn't we need it. Did, we teach five blocks a day. Five blocks a day, and, you, and it's already pre-programmed in your mind. Yep. Uh, the bell, it really is. Bell dings. Kids leave, kids come in, I teach who's in front of me. End of the day, I'd run rehearsals being, being the old music guy. And uh, then I'd go home. Yeah. I never really wore a watch. I didn't need to. I had to check my phone. At certain Every once in a while. Once in a while. I, I stopped wearing a watch in retail because I got tired of looking okay. and seeing what time it was. See what time was to see how many or how fast the minutes were ticking down. It was only five minutes. Every time I looked <laughs> at my, it didn't matter how long it was, it always seemed five minutes. But when I moved out of the classroom into the coaching role, I had to start wearing a watch again because... I had no idea what time it was. Yeah. I completely lost, because what you discover is that in this building in particular, you know, we have, there's, there's a great, there's grade levels that have slightly different variations on the times. One grade level has recess. Recess. Step time. Uh, so one other one has step time. <laughs> Everyone's lunches are different. All different. And, and you sit here and you're trying to figure it out and you're like, well, wait, where is everybody? And then someone's <laughs> like, oh, well, my prep is block three. Well, what time is that? Oh, do you have lunch duty this day? Because if it's block three with lunch duty, it's a different time than the other day. The funny thing is when you when you say to someone, like, well, what time is block three? They kind of look at you a little awkward because they're like, well, you don't know what time block three is? It's it's all different. Right, because each, yeah, especially once you have that lunch period, it's all different. So um, you already wear a watch. I can see it. I do. I wear a watch all the time. And you wear the same Uh, watch that that I do, although you got the GPS ones. I do. It's, uh, and, and, you know, before I really talk about that, it's for my running. Uh, I, I do a lot of running. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, moving out of the classroom into the administrative role. Uh, it's definitely more organization in that sense, time, meetings, um, which I'm already, you know, getting bombarded with. Lots, lots of calendar appointments yeah, that lots appear. Lots of calendar appointments. I, I highly recommend the, um, the complication that tells you where your next appointment is. Okay. Uh, you know, because you know you can change the screens. Yes, you can. Yeah. So, so have one that's your designated running screen. Yes. And then have I, I actually I have this is my designated school screen, which tells me how much I'm not moving. And it tells what, you what the temperature is outside. And then when my <laughs> because next you want to be is, outside. Right. And then I have the the weekend one, which is just um, my calendar in case there's something important and Toy Story. And Toy Story, because then it, it, it love Toy relaxing Story. on the weekend. It is, and I just I don't want to be bothered by other stuff. I still yeah, want to watch. Oh, actually, uh, I think I have one that tells me when the Yankees play. Okay. Because uh, that's the Yanks. That's the other thing. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, switch. It yeah. will be, you know. And, and I'm a, you know, the kids are a little upset that I'm, you know, leaving uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of the year. Um, I'm a little upset, you know. I, I love teaching, and I, and I love the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I keep, you know telling them that I'll, st- I'll still be there you know I'll pop in a lot especially because you know I've been with them throughout the year so yeah. it's going to be a be a neat little switch in a way yeah well and it's nice that it's up the hall yes you know and the, and the relationships are still there and so um actually it reminds me that later we have, I have to 
um, reassign your advisory group. Oh, yes. Uh, make sure that Zoe knows about That's that. true. Um, I did give her a little forewarning about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a good thing. Well, the assembly today, that was, did you? It was the, great. It was pretty cool. Um, you know, the kids loved it. The teachers loved it. Um, he did a great job. Yeah. Engaging. Yeah, I thought it was, um, thought it was and, funny. And a good message. I thought, a good message. I, I thought it was interesting to... Uh, his comparison when he talked about uh, LeBron James to me was hilarious. Yes. So uh, for those of you that listening and weren't here at the school today, we had um, this is uh, it's J- J- Judson. 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 Uh, so last name starts with an L. I can't pronounce. Yeah, I have it. I have it written down. The and, evolution um, of dance. The evolution of dance guy came, and he was great. He was he was absolutely engaging. Uh, what is this website? He told us to. Uh, uh, it's um, the the bus. Yeah, the, it's the, the uh, get on struggle the bus. Bu- the, yeah, the struggle, struggle bus. bus. Strugglebus.com. Yep. He was great, um, but he made a comparison to, you know, like if we all had the same level of ability, ability. And, and stuff like that, would, would we be as successful? And, and he said, you know, if, if I had the same athletic ability that LeBron James had, which, you know, we're very close, and this man looks nothing like LeBron James. No, he's, he's, he's shorter built, than I am. He's not built like LeBron James. No, LeBron James is built like a six-foot-nine linebacker, yeah, or tight end that in I won't, particular. That I wouldn't get in front of if he was walking. No. I'd be afraid to get run Imagine, over. Imagine, <laughs> like because he played football. He yeah. was a football prospect, he was, too, wasn't he? He was, and, uh, I mean, he's he has amazing athletic ability. Right. And and I think the one thing that goes into that, too, is just his, his, his work ethic. Right. The stuff, the, the stuff that he does in the offseason to continue that. Well, and that was that was Jordan's thing, right? It was it was. Uh, he got cut. In high yeah, school. the 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 famous story that I got cut, but then he always used to say, he said, I might not be the most talented person on the floor, but no one's going to work harder than yeah. me. Yeah, and I think that that's something that that takes a takes a long time to develop that that mindset and it that, does and that idea that work ethic that goes into it because, man, no matter what you do, athlete, teacher, both, yeah, student. It, it requires just a mindset of I've I've got to learn and I've got to work and, and, um, and it takes a long time. One of my one of my favorite stories on mindset is you know I I, I coached baseball um, here at Conrad Weiser for the past couple of years and I, I coached up in the Lehigh Valley for a period of time and uh, I always told you know my players to, to watch this one short on uh, Evan Longoria uh, who's now with the uh, the San Francisco Giants. And uh, he talks about how coming out of high school, he wasn't recruited by anyone. Right. Um, he, you know, USC had some interest in him, but that was it. He didn't get any D3 offers, D2, D1. Really? Um, so he went to a, a, a junior college. Whiff on their um, part. Yeah, and he went to a junior college, spent a couple of years there, and uh, was doing extremely well until he got picked up, I believe, by Long Beach State. Okay. And uh, he talks about how there was a, a gentleman by the name of Ken Rivieri um, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I've heard that name. Yeah, he's a, he's a mindset guy, and he really worked with the team. Um, and him and Troy Tulowitzki were both on the team together. And it changed his whole perspective of the game. And it, wow. and it goes through and talks about how even now, when he comes up to the plate, the stuff he does that he's trained his, his mind to do um, that allows him to be successful on, on the baseball field. Um, and he always talks about when he came to Philadelphia that one year. Um, what was the end? The NLCS, something like that. I forget which and, one. And um, he talks about how they were, you know, chanting Eva Longoria That's to great. get in his mind. And he said they got to him. Yeah. Uh, he said they got to him. So it's a, yeah, the mindset's a big thing. But yeah, the gentleman today, uh, uh, what was his first name again? Judson. 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 Yeah, he yeah. Did a, he did a great job. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, 
I didn't know some of the music that he started off with. Really? No. No? No. Oh, I, yeah, I I'm not a big music guy. It was, uh, yeah, my wife had always that, complains. Yeah, we, we've talked about that before. You, you're not a big, you don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't do, uh, I, don't, I, I mean, I listen to music, but it's 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 a, vari- a, a variety of it. Um, there's not like a set artist that I ever listen to. Um, you know, I, the kids always ask me, like, do you, what, what was your first concert that you ever went to? Um, it was at the Allentown Fair. It was Britney Spears. Nice. Um, nice. It was that was my first concert. I haven't <laughs> been to many after that. Um, Mine was uh, the New Kids on the Block. So okay. don't feel bad. Yeah. Was, uh, um, my first concert was New Kids so on the Britney Block. Britney Spears. Um, I think the last one I went to was it was a good one. Uh, James Bay. My wife okay. took me to that one at the Fillmore in Philadelphia. Yeah. It was a neat little venue. Um, but yeah, and I know you're a big music guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Very what was your, so. What's your What's the favorite? concert that you ever went to uh best like my best. favorite yeah, concert favorite. um to a couple I, i've seen harry connick jr a few times in concert okay. i think that he's fantastic um probably the concert i, I actually i saw radiohead a number of years ago they were on my bucket list of, yeah. of bands to go see and i'm actually going back to see so them i i don't know who that is really yeah sorry. seriously yeah okay well we, maybe we'll pause <laughs> for a minute i have i have one of their records over there uh you know you remember the song from the early 90s called creep yeah. i'm a creep I'm a real okay them but they've that far beyond okay. that at this point in time but they're um, actually uh, I always I, I very much subscribe to the theory and it's 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 um, I call it my ugly band theory okay. okay and kids would look at me and they'd be like what do you mean by ugly band theory and I said look I said if you don't meet whatever society's view of physical beauty is mm-hmm. you better be good to be noticed it's it's different gotcha. now when this was a thing. Yeah. Um, YouTube and stuff is very much labeled level the playing field for a lot of bands for and artists, um, and people can get discovered uh, just by being really good and yeah, it, you know and, and getting their and getting their yeah. talent out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so much easier nowadays to get your talent yeah. out there and people that take notice to you. There's there's no more middle person you have to get signed as much or yeah, whatever. Like or have that, that connection to somebody that's right. in, in the industry. Um, yeah. But but Radiohead was always my prime example of like the ugly band theory because they didn't really ever look like they should be successful. Okay. They just they're just a bunch of guys who play and they play exceptionally well and they're very creative and they do all sorts of crazy stuff. I, I greatly enjoy everything that they do. Um I I you know they, they were one of the first bands that did a pay what you want for the record. Oh really? They put out an album um and they said come here and download it, pay what you want. And they never released how much money they made, but some of the people said they made a lot more money doing it that way. Than actually charging a set than price. actually charging a set price. That's interesting. Um so Radiohead was one. Uh, one of the ones I remember enjoying was actually when I started student teaching. Um, and I student taught over at Wilson uh, many years ago now. And it was right before I had to go to band camp. Okay. So, you know, and, yeah. and, and I saw Live and the Counting Crows. And they were great. They, they were awesome. Live was a tremendous live band at that point in time. They would... The lead singer, Ed Kowalczyk, would come out, and he was all buttoned up in this, like, high-collar jacket with okay. sunglasses on, no hair. He didn't look like a rock star, you know what I mean? Like, carried himself yeah. like that. And he just sang these songs, and by the end of the night, he was in, like, a tank top, and he was just sweating, sweating. <laughs> and running around and jumping around. And uh, Adam Duritz, who was the lead singer of the Counting Crows, they would came out, and they sang songs for each other. They went back and forth. It was one of the most enjoyable concerts I remember. And... To make me feel very old, the Counting Crows just announced that they're going on a tour this year called 25 Years and Counting, 25 and counting. with Live. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like being a student teaching yeah. all over again. So, um, I don't know, it's been, I've been to a lot of stuff. Hey, 
Sorry, that was a long one. Well, it's okay. So. You want to say hi on the podcast? You no? can say hi. You can say hi. It's all right. Just say hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite all right. Doing this. It's okay. We'll Don't finish that tomorrow. Yes. Anyway, my computer stopped working, so okay. it's all good. Have a good evening. Carry on. <laughs> it was better there. Um, so, I don't know. I And then I've, I've been to so many different concerts, but whether it was a performer or whatever over how, the years. How, how, have, how did you get your, your, your passion and love for music? I mean, because, I mean, like, for example, like, I, I don't know, growing up, you know, music was never, I, I shouldn't say it was big, but, you know, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. uh, I never really listened to it. I mean, when I, when I go back to my childhood, um, I don't know this name maybe ring a bell for you um, my mom would always listen to Brian Adams oh yeah yeah um, really so, so that's I, I know some music but I'm not even my wife says you're not good with names of songs and movies and I said yeah it's, it's, think, it's it, not my it's not my wheelhouse I think it all connects to people in different ways yeah. um, for me I always sang in, okay. in, in, in school so like when th- I, I mean everything I, I remember there's videos I mean literally old videotapes of like second grade class recitals that I would sing in and stuff like that. Um, I remember my first music teacher, uh, Mr. Fenella, when I moved. My parents, I moved when I was in third grade, about halfway through, and um, I went to the new school and I met the music teacher, Mr. Fenella. It was the first male music teacher I ever had. Okay. Uh, and uh, it was amazing. It made, it, it was actually quite an impact because from then on out, because of the way that the school district where I lived in, in Jersey went, I ended up with primarily male music teachers going okay. through, which is very unusual. Kids here in the district um, at Connor Weiser now wait till middle school and upper middle school before they get uh, Neil Lutz to do bands. Correct, yeah. And that's the first. And it's just, and it's not a, it's, it's, it's a thing because, you know, guys in choir is always that, you know, like, yeah. what are you doing? But I remember, like, my middle school health teacher who went on to teach social studies and towards the end of his career, he invited, he said, you, you like to sing? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, we're doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat for the musical. You should come out and try. First musical I ever did. Yeah. I've done a lot of musicals since, since then. Since then, yeah. I, I did a lot through high school and through middle school. And then um, I did all the school shows. Then I went to college and played in the pit. And then I um, I did a, I did a show on stage where I actually got up and did stuff where cool. I hadn't done years. And then at Wiser, I've been the vocal director for the for, high school musicals yeah. for 15 years. Yeah. And it's, you know. And it's always, it's always neat when... Uh, you know, we go up to the uh, high school, and then we hear yeah. you get on the microphone sometimes. It's, it's next week. It's a next good. Week I gotta do it. We enjoy but, uh, hearing that voice. Uh, I. Uh, it, funny that you say that about you know the male music teachers. I, I remember in elementary school, we had a male um, music teacher. Uh, so I went through the Northampton area school district okay. uh, in the Lehigh Valley, um, and that would have been Lehigh Elementary at the time. And then when I got to middle school, we also um, had a male uh, music teacher. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and I remember back in elementary school, he would always on a Friday. Mm-hmm. be that one day where you get to listen to a song right. and I, during that time the song must have been big it was, I don't really know the name of the song but the, the group was the uh, I think Chumbawamba oh yeah um, so that was the song yeah. that we always requested oh, yeah, that one um, and so like he would give us two options and the most the most votes would get the song and yeah. that was like recurring each and every single week go back and listen to the words of that song well uh, yeah. we've I think later on I, I, at a point in time it was no longer on the list anymore yeah. so I don't know yep. if he was that's told when you finally when you finally figure yeah. out what they're talking about you go yeah I think he was told that you know hey that's not a good one anymore yeah. but, but I mean my parents always my mom you know we sang in church choir yeah. and she always did that kind of stuff my parents both have like my dad's dad was a big Beach Boys fan okay and uh, the Eagles and my mom was too my mom loved Simon and Garfunkel and you know 60s kind of stuff and um, 
and they would always have the stuff playing in the cars and we would listen to different things going from place to place and then it just kind of it always connected with me and it was you know I had the cassette players and would trade yeah. tapes and, and CDs with people and um, things of the past yeah right <laughs> well, it's, it was at the, I always I always chuckled when when I would talk to kids about you know I have all I had because I have a lot of CDs like over the years I have a lot my yeah. wife will tell you I have too many too many she's probably right um, but I have, you know, I don't have a hard time getting rid of it. When I, when I, when I stream most of my music now in 2018, yeah. but I have a hard time getting rid of the rest of them, especially because I get like a nickel for them. Um, but I would joke with kids and say, why the cassette tapes? And they were like, what's well, a cassette tape? Okay. You have to then explain to them what vinyl is. Although nowadays you don't as much because vinyl's actually swung back the other way. And it's, it's the only type of, of music that actually is turning a profit outside of streaming. It's yeah. vinyl and streaming. And I have a whole bunch of them over there. Yeah, I saw those when I walked in. Yeah, it's, uh, that was uh, Ball Phaser got me back into that. And, um, yeah, he's a big music guy too. Yeah, and, and um, has a ton of stuff. And, and Steve Dallas as well. We talk, he's got a, a bunch of vinyl collections and stuff like that, so we talk music and whatever. But uh, yeah, Growing up, it was the, the CDs for us. Yeah. And... Yep. Um, and then you know they had the uh, the MP3 players. Yes. You know, then you were downloading music off mm-hmm. the internet back on the dial-up. Would take yep. like two hours yep. or so to get it down. There. Napster. Napster. Sit there for hours on. I think LimeWire was one of them. Set up the Napster feed overnight yeah. and uh, wait we, for it to download in the morning and then just listen to it and it's like oh that wasn't the one I wanted or it was uh-huh. terrible sound quality yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's amazing. How the far struggle. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's and that's you know like we would do all these things with music and I remember uh, we had a, a guy who would do fundraising for us for the music department. And I was talking to him. I have an iPod Classic. It was called the iPod Classic now. When I bought it, it was just the iPod. Uh, but it's the bigger one with <laughs> the, the click wheel on the it. The click wheel. I know what you're talking about. And I said to him, I said, I think I want to get a Nano. I said, I just want something a little bit smaller. This is kind of big and I can, whatever. And he just started laughing. I said, what's funny? He goes, when I taught music, I taught with records. <laughs> He's like, they were this big and they weighed a ton. Yeah. He goes, you're talking about 5,000 songs on this little thing. You're pretty lucky, yeah. and it's, it's it's perspective. It is, it you know. Is. And yeah. when you think about how far and and school has changed, and education's changed, and access to things changed, it was a topic I was talking about in the library today. We were discussing um, uh, with Miss Jacobs, and with uh, Mrs. Swire, and we're talking about mm-hmm. ed, you know, when you ask kids what are the three causes to the, the American Revolution, they can Google it. And they're going to get three answers. And they're not necessarily necessarily the right answers. And they're not necessarily going to understand what they're talking about. Right. So we get into the idea now of of access to information for us where we are is not really an issue anymore. I can pull out my phone and and find 3,000 websites on a topic at at any moment. But education is changing now where we have to teach kids how to interpret that information and determine what... Is what, what's right, and 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 specifically um, in social studies, where where, yeah. where your area is like, there's it's all a matter of perspective, correct? Because how we would describe World War Two, it's is very than, different than the German and, and, and side. It's, and it's funny that you say it because we, we 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 do a World War Two unit, and uh, uh, in English language arts, they carry they they cover the German perspective, and we cover the American perspective in the social studies class. And then we have them do like a compare and contrast project through point of view, um, and they really have they really struggled to get their minds thinking um, in the German perspective during the war. Um, so yeah, you're right. It is about perspective, and and it's and the knowledge of knowing that you need to check multiple sources. Yeah. and the first answer isn't always it the isn't best always answer. The right answer. And, and I, we we do it at Explorer Unit, and they they struggle finding the birth 
days for some of these explorers because one they're not there um, right. and sometimes they only give you a year and there's multiple times mm-hmm. when you go on different websites and they're giving you different years and like well how they're like oh, how do I figure out which one it is they're giving me three right. um, and you have to you know you have to teach them how to you know get the reliable sources and right. then uh, figure out the you know the best possible way to decipher that in a way well and I know that when I was doing the music stuff we talked about Beethoven and actually for the longest time in his life he thought he was a year younger than he actually was because his father lied about his age so to make him seem more like Mozart who was this brilliant child prodigy his father lied about his age so and they didn't always do birth certificates for for um, kids that age because not all of them lived so they would wait a little bit longer to be baptized and then so some of those birth certificates were, were sometimes off Huh. In his case, they actually proved to him that he was actually a year older than he yeah. thought, but he wouldn't acknowledge it for years. I mean, wow. he was also very surly, so he could have just been, you know, angry and grumpy and walked away. But yeah, no, there was That's some, interesting. It's, it's some. I mean, we take for granted. Yeah. You know, like I. I mean, uh, I remember when when my kids were born. It was like, you know, what's your name? Do this sign here. And sign although as the dad, I didn't do much signing. Yeah. Um, yeah my no. wife had to do all the signing. <laughs> um, but you know we have we have the birth certificates. We've got social security yeah. numbers. We know exactly when he was born. I know exactly how much it weighs. I have a picture of him from three seconds after. Yeah. Like that didn't happen hundreds no. of years ago. So it's it's a lot harder to find that information. Like it we is. Don't, we don't always. Sometimes we don't for, we don't realize how far that we've actually come with that. And and, and it's 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 funny to, to to go back to the time periods in the past and and to see how far we've actually come. Absolutely. Um, and you know the leaps and bounds compared to what you know they were dealing with back in the day. How long have you been in education? Like, how long have you, you've uh, been teaching So here? this will be, so this is my fifth year at Wiser. Um, I taught an alternative ed before I came here, so this will be my, going on my ninth year in education. Okay. Um, and you said you're, you're from the Lehigh Valley area. Lehigh Valley area. Right? So where'd you yeah. go to college? So I went to Moravian College, uh, the same college as uh, Russ Lau in this ah. building. Uh, so we're both greyhounds. Uh, we go. like to, uh, you know, keep that uh, spirit alive uh, in between us. And uh, it was a good little, it's a little, little liberal arts school. Mm-hmm. Um, I commuted there. I didn't live on campus. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I was actually, <clears throat> my mom's a single mom, so I, I kind of, she travels a lot for work, so mm-hmm. I kind of took care of, you know, my younger brother and sister uh, in, that re- in that respect as well, growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, great school, loved it. Uh, good education program they have there. Uh, majored in historical studies. They do cool. a, a major in the discipline that you're going to teach in there. Um, just to give you a little more right. uh, background information on it. Um, and then taught a couple of years up in the Lehigh Valley at Kids Peace, um, and then came down here to teach with the BCIU for their alternative program oh, for cool. the Reading School District, um, and then came to Conrad Weiser. Now, did you play baseball in college? No, did I just, didn't. Just I didn't. High, did uh, you play? Just high school. Um, I actually got injured my senior year. I uh, partially tore my bicep um, in football. And uh, so that kind of carried over to the, the baseball season, never really healed. Um, I could have went and gotten surgery, but then I would have been done for everything. Right. Um, so it was, a, it was a good lesson for me that, you know, you always can't count on doing something um, that you want to do. Like right. play a sport uh, when you go to college or, or have that as a career pathway. You need to have a backup plan. And that's why I always tell my kids, you got to have a backup plan. Because the, the the chances of getting there, while they're while they're great to think about, they're they're very you know minuscule. There's uh, I remember a, a, a friend of mine from high school posted something online like the picture of like the number of kids oh, who yeah. would play, and then by the time like the number of, of kids who actually get a chance. And I, I mean even here at Wiser we had we had a, a really good 
awesome football player, get a D1 scholarship yeah. and try it out. And then, you know, t- busted, his, busted his tail and worked hard at it. But, it's you know, and, and, and he'll tell you, like, it's hard. But he's there. He's the, you know, yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's hard. It's, like, it's I, I, you know who tough. I'd love to pick the brain or talk to is uh, the new baseball coach. Yes, Chad, Chad Billingsley. Yeah. Who I had on a fantasy baseball team. Did That's, you really? I did, really that did. Um, I, uh, I just, that whole thing boggles my mind. Yeah. That here's a guy so, that uh, I watched on on TV and a guy that I drafted for a baseball team years ago. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, coaching kids I, here. We, uh, my, uh, my grandfather uh, and uncle have season tickets to uh, the Leah Valley Iron Picks. Okay. Um, so I go up and catch a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. And um, he was there playing uh, for them when he was in the Phillies organization. Yeah. Uh, I think he was doing a little bit of uh, rehab there. And uh, it was weird then when he came, you know, when we were on his coaching here, and he wasn't coaching at this point in time, but he came to, you know, talk to the kids. And it was it was neat seeing him there when, yeah. you know, I saw him play. I you know of his success. Um, you know, he was an all-star at a point in time. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the work that goes into it. And just like him, he, and he talks to kids, you know, he got injured too, and that kind of was the was it? the end of it. And, and no matter what you do, and and, and then it kind of gives you at that point the, in time, it gives you the, the realization that like it's it's great when you get to watch it on TV and you see it as a sport, but I guess when you play in it, it's it truly is a business. It is, uh, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, I, I I like to play golf. Okay. And I'm not good, but I like golf. It's yeah, me of, too. I, yeah. I I love golf, and I mean, I, I just like getting out. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's nice to go out and golf, and I'm and I'm not the greatest either. No, uh, but every once in a while, man, I get, get a hold of Lionel's golf course, crush that drive, and yeah. you're like, I could, that's the one. I could do this. I could, <laughs> I could play. And then you're like, nah, I really, yeah, I, I really can't because it's, you it's, do that on the fourth hole, and you're like, all right, I could do this for 14 more holes, and then the next hole, you're like, wow, I can't right. replicate that. Well, shot. and then it's just, and it's, and it doesn't, doesn't, it, it's not the stress relief. And, and you know, to cycle back to the music thing, like. Uh, music was my area where I would go in high school and I would, I would go and I'd feel connected and I had great teachers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, then after a while, it, it, it becomes your job. Yeah. So, like, I would I listen to more music now than I did at the tail end of me teaching in a classroom. And just because, you know what I loved more than anything at the end of the day was quiet. Quiet. Because I, I loved making music and I, I miss the art of music yeah. and I miss that bond and I miss hearing the reaction of the of the audience and seeing the kids' faces and all that kind of stuff. I, I miss that a lot. But you know, I I my connection to the music that I enjoy is stronger now because I can actually sit down and listen. Yeah. Um and I can pick up a guitar and play and putz around and just have a good time. And it, it's not it's a stress relief and it's it's an enjoyable thing rather than, oh, I, I shouldn't be spending the time with this. I really should be doing this instead. Yeah, and and that's I think that's one of the the reasons why I, I picked up running, like I'm, mm-hmm. I was never a runner. I mean, when growing up playing sports, like, no one wanted to run. I, uh, I specifically was, played goalie yeah, in soccer because yeah, I was no mistakenly thought run. I would never have to it's run. Always, that know, was the it's worst. Always, uh, it's always, I guess, when I mean, even from the coaching perspective, uh, it's always viewed as like a punishment. Like mm-hmm. for some reason, it's it's viewed as a punishment, um, and I kind of tried to get our kids out of that, you know, mindset mm-hmm. of, of it being a punishment. And now it's not about it's not about punishment it's about getting you to the point where you know you know you're struggling a little bit because you've been moving so much and then you still have to perform your job at that high rate um of intensity right. and uh and that's why i picked it up i mean it's uh i, I like going out there and I, I don't listen to music when i run like most people listen to music when they run i always see people you know at the gym with music mm-hmm. and i don't do that i like listening to the conversations talking to people um and when i run i just like quiet i like hear mm-hmm. the cars and stuff um 
yeah, running's my, well, there's my entire, new passion. There's entire podcasts and, and various tracks you can download that you can actually t- uh, pace your, your, your run to okay. based on how fast you want to run, and the beats per minute that happen in the music ah. will be when your feet hit. Neat. That's so, cool. like, it's, it's pretty cool how yeah, they, they tie it all cool. together. I don't know. I, and I know, I know plenty of people who run. I do not. I really should. I get it, but it's just it's something where it's, I'm like... And frankly, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I know I need to do this, this, and this, but it's also that daunting task of staring at yeah. it and going, <sighs> yeah. yeah. There's some. I mean, there's even days where I, uh, I mean, uh, Mr. Youngle, Mr. Esther, and myself, we we ran the Philadelphia Marathon. Yeah. Um, that was tough, and you know, there was days that, you know, I, I we trained for or I trained for a little bit. I don't know how much of that. I know I know Mr. Esther didn't train. For I was gonna Mr. Say, Youngle I don't, did. I don't Professor trained yeah, for it. He, he just not, seems like the kind of guy. Kinda, who, he's the guy that shows up and uh, he's that. Natu- all right, I'll do it. He's uh, that natural athlete that all of a sudden nah. he's like, "Well, I've never thrown a football before," and picks and it up it, like wings at sixty, 60 yards, yards. And you're like, "You know what? I don't like it." And uh, you sit yeah, over there and be quiet. I think the the longest run that I did in training for that was about sixteen miles. Okay. Um, and I did that a couple times, and that wasn't the hardest to do mentally. It was like the ten milers where I was sitting there. I was like, "All right, this is going to take me." about an hour and a half do I really want to do this today and that's where I had to get over that like mental hurdle mm-hmm. um, but in reality it didn't matter like nothing would have prepared me for no, for that race I can't imagine um, it I don't that was it was grueling mm-hmm. um, you know the first the way the course was set up for the Philadelphia Marathon it was, it was neat that they started you off in the city um, so you ran through the city for the first eight miles and then the rest of the race was out in uh, Kelly Drive and you only can see the next tree so many times. Um, and it was, you went up to Kelly Drive at the Maniunk and then back down the same way you came. Oh. Um, and the worst part was that there was 30-mile-an-hour winds that day, and you couldn't see the mile markers because they were blowing in the wind. So you had no idea where you were even at oh, at that geez. point in time. So it was like that constant mental hurdle then, too, of I have no idea where I'm at. Like, you might see you're at mile 12, and then the next mile sign you see – um, you might think you're at 18, and then you see it, and you're, you know, 15. And it's like, oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was tough. Couldn't like, I? I didn't run for three weeks after that because I, really? I had blisters on my feet that were oh. the size of quarters. Um, it was tough. It was yeah. tough. Would you do another one? Yes. Wow. And the reason I say yes is because, and and I told uh, Mr. Esther and Mr. Youngle this. Around mile 23, mm-hmm. I cramped up around my, it was a weird cramp, it was in the front of my knee, and uh, I had to like walk it off for a little bit. I tried running again, and it, it cramped up again, so I walked a little bit more, and I, I was on like a four-hour pace, mm-hmm. and I think I can get it under 415. That'd be my goal, to try to get under 415, um, but not anytime soon, not anytime soon. Uh, probably a lot of half marathons in the near future. That's probably going to be mm-hmm. my, more my go-to. Uh, just for the simple fact that it's it's too much training and the recovery after was brutal. I mean, you right. couldn't even walk. And I, I think the well, the day after the marathon that week in school yeah. was the uh, the parent teacher conferences. Oh yeah, you guys did a lot so of sitting. We did was, a lot of sitting, which, which was, was not bad. Um, I mean, I, I needed to get up and move around, and uh, it didn't allow <laughs> for me to do so. So yeah, so I, I, I'd do another one. I wouldn't say I wouldn't do another one, um, just not in the near future. Yeah. Not in the near future. Well, and I mean, and you have you have young, ki- one, yeah, two, one, 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 right, twenty month. Yeah. So like, uh, there's that whole there's that whole level of 
Honey, I'll be back later. Yeah, in uh, three hours, I'm going for a run. <laughs> I'm going for a run. Yeah, about that. Yeah, that that. Just Doesn't get, fly as much. Jogging. Oh, I do have one. Do Actually, you really? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, and so when he was, uh, when I was training for this, I, I was able to throw him in there and go for short ones. I, yeah, know, he, yeah. I can and he would, and he would fall asleep. Right. Uh, oh, so isn't that the best? Um, and he would fall the, asleep in the there. Stroller naps yeah. were the best. And. Um, but yeah, nowadays though he wants to move. Right, he's not going to sit in that stroller for two. My long. daughter wouldn't really nap when she was a baby. There was a period of a couple of months there, unless she was in the stroller. Okay. So, it, <laughs> we had the stroller in the house. Just. To- and when it was time for her to nap, we'd get her in the stroller. And then we would just do laps around the house until she fell, fell asleep. asleep. And then we'd just park it in the other room. Yeah, because she likes sleeping in there. She yeah. did. She hey, was always comfortable there. At that point in time, it's whatever works. It is survival. <laughs> it, it is survival. Is, they need to sleep they because need I need yes, to sleep. Yes, you need that break. I mean, oh. it's, uh, I, I remember it. Um, you need the break. And, uh, you know, I hear uh, one thing I told my wife, I said to her that, I, that we're not going to, some people would put them in the car and drive around. Yeah. I said, we're not doing that. Yeah. I said, I'm not driving around. Um, he, he was a pretty good sleeper. I, I couldn't complain. My son was not. My yeah. son was, um, I got a lot of, of binge watching of television done when my son was a newborn. Yeah. He was born in December, so I ended okay. up taking, um, I think it was probably about three weeks off, but it, he was born the week before Christmas, so I only had to take, and then we had, like, it was one of those Christmases where I ended up with, like, two weeks two off. Two weeks off. So I, I took the, the, the days off from that Monday through, because it was the Monday, because it was the 20th. He was born and on the, he was born on a Tuesday, so I took off and I went. I was at a rehearsal here. Okay. And my wife had been finally told that she wasn't allowed to go back to school. She had a doctor's appointment. Check everything out. And they, uh, I went to a select course rehearsal. I messaged her. She goes, "Oh, Nat and Pop up are here. We're gonna go to the doctor. We'll be fine. You know, we'll let you know." Yeah. Great. No problem. Left my phone in my office. No big deal. It was fine. Went to the auditorium. Ran a rehearsal, audition kids, because we had a concert that Thursday night. Okay. Like that, or that Wednesday, whatever it was. It was like just a few days yeah. away. We had a concert. Uh, doing all the stuff, and I get to my my room, and I go pick up my my phone, and I had I had one of my neighbors that I would take home, so I was like, "Good, let's get our stuff together, ready to go." And my phone is ringing, and it's my wife, and she says, "Hey, uh, you gonna go home? Get the bag. Meet me at the hospital. Oh, jeez. What what, what 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 do you mean? Yeah. Uh, doctor said it's, we're, we're, it's time. Know, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> okay. So I looked at this the kid and I said, well, it's like we're going to have a baby. Yeah. And I get in the car and we, we, we I go to drop her off at home and she lives around the corner. And I was driving by and there were other, normally I sit there and I wait for every kid to be picked up. Yeah. This time I was like pulled down the window and was like, see you next year. And I just took off because <laughs> I knew I was done. Yeah. And I dropped her off and then, and then uh, the, the best part about it was, and this is why you know, people are like, you know, teaching is this and that. And the other thing I said, teaching is awesome. I said, for all of the problems with it and it's not, you know, we can argue undervalued and there's plenty of examples in the news right there now. There is, of, yeah, of whatever. definitely. Um, but <laughs> kids are awesome. They are. Because that moment when I was gone, like, this is how cool the kids were at that point in time. They're all in college now. When I had to leave, we had some other stuff that happened before the week before that, so there was a, I had to end up missing a concert. Now, I planned this because I knew the due date, and I knew that there was a possibility that I would miss my concerts. Yeah. So I couldn't, I had to think ahead. The concerts were happening without, without me. Without me, yeah. So I had contacted my colleagues, and I said to all of them, hey... If something happens, 
would you be able to run my concerts for me? I, here's what you need, and this, you know, then they're all accomplished musicians, and they're better than I am. Um, so I had it all laid out. The kids didn't know that. So when I missed the one day, and it looked like I was going to miss the concerts, my music council, as I called them, they were like, okay, um, they can conduct, so they're going to keep the beat. You know the words, so you're going to stand next to them and keep the words. You three know where they should also, they had it all worked out where the kids, these eighth grade kids yeah. were going to run my fifth grade concert. On their own. On their own. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And they were all like, no problem. No problem. They're However just do we it. can help, let's do it. And th- I mean, that's just great. And I was like, that's, I said to everybody, that's sweet. But the high school choral director is going to come down and conduct it, <laughs> and the accompanist already knows what she's, what doing. she's doing. And this is, I said, but I do need you to do this, this, and this. And they took care of it all for me. Yeah, they, I mean, they make I, the job so much easier. They, and they make it worth know, it. They, they, they do. Um, you know, it's it, they're great. I mean, they they, they yeah. all have their own talents, abilities, um, and they would what drives you through the day. I mean, yeah. it truly does. And middle school kids in particular are hilarious. They are because they're it's funny. Just, they're, they're little. They're quirky. Yeah, they are great. It's 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 a, it's a it's funny because I think that if you're if you tell people that you're a teacher, they're always like, oh, oh yeah, I know. And oh. then like, and I think it's funny because you know teachers are always like, you see other teachers like, yo, teachers, yo, we got yep, you, man, we got you, fist bump. And then when you tell them what you do, it's always funny because like, I my wife is an elementary teacher. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I know, no way. <laughs> and then when I talk to other people, when they're they like, say you're oh, middle school, I teach middle school, they're oh. like, they're like. God bless you. Yeah. I'm like, for what? <laughs> for what? I said at the elementary level, you're still dealing with kids. I can imagine don't... my kid in yeah. elementary school running around, and now they're being 18 to 24 of them in a room. Yeah. I'm like, holy Well, you're stuff. dealing with some kids who've never been in a structured environment no, before. at all. Who don't know how to line up in a straight no. line. They don't even know what a straight line is. No, no thanks. Kindergarten teachers are unbelievable. They are. And uh, my, ki- my son is in kindergarten. <laughs> his teacher is ast- amazing. And I just, I see how they're able to redirect the kids. And like the art of teaching, you just sit there and you watch them and you go, I could never do it. Yeah. And then on the flip side, like I like high school kids and all, but I'm good. It's a different beast over there. It's a different beast over there. (laughs) And that's fine. And that's why I've always, always talking to folks about like, I love middle school age for the quirks and the hilarity and. And I, and I I love our building. We, uh, we got the, uh, the five through eight, um, building yeah um, so that's neat to see the elementary to the middle school uh, yeah dr giovannis you're on, you're on our podcast right now yeah say Hi. hello hello how are you oh, we're good so we're just uh john's down here we're just we're just having a little chat we've been chatting for a little while just about education Great. and school and everything Super. like that so so uh yeah so yeah uh how's your day going good yeah. a little bit of excitement yeah you and i think a lot though like well, there goes Dr. G. Uh, so we just to continue the conversation that we were having, do you have, like, are you a podcast guy? Do you listen so to stuff? I, I remember when you brought this to my attention, I kind of said, well, what, it, what is it kind of? Like, I, it, I was familiar with the name, and yeah. now that you've said it and, and asked me to do this podcast, like, I've been taking notice more, like, when I'm watching, you know, the news um, I see people with shirts and stuff with it on, like Friends of the Pod or yep. something like that. Yep. Uh, but no, I, I I haven't really listened to any podcast. Um, one of the uh, leadership coaches that I uh, tend to follow, um, he's starting his own podcast. So I'm, I'm curious to see that. Mark Crowley, uh, transformational leadership, cool. lead, lead from the heart is uh, okay. his book that he has out. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I, I want to start. It, it kind of sounds like this is... It's, um, it's, I've been a podcast, so like the first ones I ever really got into were um, sports. Okay. I, I, I played some, but I like sports. I enjoy but baseball. We've talked baseball yeah. before and stuff like that. And um, my, my ludicrous fantasy baseball league that I'm involved with. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, the first podcast I remember listening to a lot of was Bill Simmons when he was on ESPN. He did the BS Report, okay. which was always just a hilarious yeah. name. Um, and then from there, I you know I always listen to that. And then now I uh, it's the number one thing I do with my phone, like but more just than anything to else, podcasts. is listen to podcasts. I I probably have about eight nine gigs of podcasts. So let me ask you this: Do you have to like? I mean, I, again, I'm not familiar with it. Do you have to like download it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can stream them. You can stream depending them. on depending on what it is. But like, I usually just download them to my phone and then delete them when I'm done. Okay. And you can find a podcast about anything. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter what you like or what you want to podcast galore. And and ninety seven and a half percent of them are free. Okay. The the the, the, the like if you you know you're an Apple guy, so the yeah. podcast app that's right on the phone, it's free. You know, Apple Podcasts is the most popular place to find you just that kind use of stuff. That and stream it through. Yeah, and then oh, you hey. just click on the ones you want, and then every time there's a new episode, it just pushes right to your device, oh, and then cool. you don't. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's, uh, and and some on some level, I I describe it to folks as it can be on demand radio. So, um, I was explaining to uh, Miss Jacobs earlier today that um, I would categorize myself as uh, in the forefront of the geek parade. Okay. Um, I proudly listen to all sorts of crazy music. I, I, I play Dungeons and Dragons yeah, with my yeah. friends. I read fantasy novels. I, you know, I, I whatever, you name it. And I, I and to me, it's like, whatever, find what you're passionate it's about. It's your niche. Do. Right, it yeah. is. And, and, I, and I love it. One of the podcasts that I listen to, that I, I got into, um, is... Every Thursday night, there's a group of, of role players, voice actors, okay. who play Dungeons and Dragons, like and they, live, like live. Well, they they are basically sitting around a table, and they have cameras, and they it's it's a little more high high quality than some of the other ones, but it's it's just they this was their fam this was their home game that somebody went. You guys have a lot of fun. You should live stream this, and they did. And then they turn the audio the next day or or the, early the next week into a podcast that you can download. Neat. So I started to get into this because people were like, oh, you should try this. You'd like it. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And when I started, it, I, I started to look at it. It was the end of the first campaign, the whole, the whole thing that they were doing. Uh, each episode was like two and a half hours long. And I was talking to one of our tech guys, uh, and, and I said, I said, yeah, I said, I'm just starting, man. And I said, episodes are like two and a half hours long. I don't know when I'm going to find time. He goes, oh, those are the short ones. The short ones? What are you talking about? And I started to look, and they're three and a half, four hours long. Oh, these are just games. Yeah. And it's just them talking. So let me ask you this: so the, the Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. I, I'm not familiar with it, but is it this, is it the same game? So I, I watched that. Um, actually, one of the, the series on Netflix that I, I enjoy watching is that Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, is that the game? They the play game that? that they're playing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just so sure. it's 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 all it's 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 you create characters yeah. and you're set in different worlds and there's rules and you play yeah. with dice and stuff like that. So these folks play their own home game and they have some tweaks, some rules, and it's it's a little different. Um, but, but it's I, enjoying listening to them going through it. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's interactive storytelling. I mean, that's Dungeons and Dragons is to me is is storytelling and learning how to deal with situations and and coming up with solutions and creative ones and different things like that. And I played when I was in middle yeah. school and high school, and uh, it's far cooler now than it was then. But um, the the funny thing about the podcast is that there's 116 episodes of this podcast in the first campaign, and oh, I've geez. I'm up to episode 94. Oh wow. And I just and now it takes me about a week sometimes to, yeah. to listen to them just because 
kids yeah. and commitments and life Always and stuff busy, like that. Yeah. But um, it's it's a lot of fun. This one is not going to be four hours. This one we'll we'll be, <laughs> we'll be capping here in a few minutes because I know that you got to get going. You got board yeah. meetings. I've got yeah. got kids to go pick up yeah, and uh, dinner to cook. But um, I appreciate you coming by. Yeah, I appreciate so, it too. Thanks. It's a good time. Yeah, Th- it was thanks. good. Appreciate it. Was good. it. And then uh, I, I'll I let you know. Enjoyed it. Uh, hope it's not my last podcast. No, please. I hope you want to um, come back. Yeah, so definitely. Then, uh, you know, once once the school year kind of wraps up and touch base. Yeah, and apparently nice since we're going to be here forever. We're, for, we'll we'll be here school. forever. We'll see how uh, it who goes. Who knows? And they want more snow next week, they said. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's terrible. Yeah, in April. In <laughs> April. And and with the musical for the high school, we start, we open next week and we can't, no, yeah. no more. No more. No more. I, I agree. I no more either. I'm done. Waving we're the done. white flag. Yeah. I'm done. I, uh. I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for real spring. I'm ready for. I'm from ready for real, <laughs> real spring. Because every time I watch those baseball games, man, I see that yeah. green grass, and I'm yeah, like, it's like oh, I wish that was us. <sighs> Someday soon. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you. Thanks. I appreciate, appreciate it. it.